Welcome back to the Where You're Planted podcast. I'm your host, Molly McManamy. So excited to be back and so excited about the guests that we have today. This episode is particularly special to me, first of all, because these people said yes, um, but second of all, because they are part of a community that has really impacted my life overall. It is a huge part of my testimony, which is still another episode for another day. Um, but this place that um, I found these people uh, has really been the anchor of what has made Vegas home for me for six years now. Um, so I want to get right into it because I want to use every single second that we have today to talk to both of them. We have Pastor Lee Coat with us. Hey, Molly, what's up? Just, you know, hanging out with you. You got today. me here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you did it, but here I am. I stalked you in the Starbucks park. You really lot. did. I happened. thought that was a sign at that moment that I have <laughs> to do this when I randomly <laughs> saw you and your dog, Carlos. Carlos. That's right. It was great. The other star of where you're planted. That's right. <laughs> uh, we are also so lucky to have his wife with us today, Tanya Coat. What's up, Molly Mack? Thank you also for being here today. Absolutely. It's great. Great I'm to be here. So excited. Uh, the reason that this episode kind of came about, well, first of all, I, like I said, I belong to the church that um, they are the pa pastors at. Um, it's very special to me, but I also recently have discovered that I have a personal aversion to the term Sin City. And these lovely people also feel <laughs> the same way about this phrase that has been attached to this place that we have all come to know and love as our home, not just physically, but at least for me, it's a it's home in my heart. It's where I feel the most at peace um, and the most me. So I'm just going to briefly clue you in on why the crossing is so special to me and why I feel so strongly about this community of believers here in Las Vegas. I won't make it long, I promise. Like I said, another episode for another day, but just some context for you both and for the people listening. But um, I moved to Vegas in 2016 in April of 2017, I literally Googled Christian church in Vegas. And I think the crossing was the first church to pop up. So somewhere in this search engine optimism, <laughs> yeah. somebody did their job somebody and it came up pretty high for, for the Google ad. Love it. Um, so I literally just showed up one day and I walked in and I'm not saying this just cause you guys are sitting here, but I felt at home immediately. I don't know what it was, but I just was like, I don't feel weird being here alone. And I'd, I'd gone to church my whole life. So church was not abnormal to me, but it, going to church alone was. I had never just woken up one Sunday and done that. I always had to have somebody with me. So from then on, it just kind of became where I went. I would go once every couple of weeks. Uh, if I was home and not traveling, I would make it a point to go. And I just really loved it, the community there. Um, and I remember there was, it was, we were going into, I want to say whatever you guys start advertising for spring rooted. Um, and I was sitting, my dad was actually there that time and I was so broke that I couldn't even afford the $50. And so I kind of let it pass by, but I knew I needed to do rooted. I just knew for some reason, I'm like, this is the church I want to take that next step at. And my dad found out and he's like, you should have just asked me because the deadline had passed. I told my grandma, my grandma in that moment sent me the money. You should have just asked me because <laughs> well, we would have made that happen too. <laughs> no, no, there are ways to do it. If anyone's listening, there are ways to do it. But at the time I was too proud to ask for that kind of mm -hmm. help. So in that moment, my grandma sent me the money and said, the next time it rolls around, no excuse, save this money, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't fall and it was meant to be because I met now 
who are my people at the Love church. It. And so mm. I did awesome. Rooted. Um, I ended up getting baptized at the end of Rooted. So I was baptized at the crossing. Um, I don't, my parents know I feel this way, so I'm not offending them, but I don't consider when I was baptized as a baby, sure. my baptism, because yep. it's a declaration. So that was special in its own way, but I consider that baptism in November, 2019, my true, mm. you know, baptism. Um, and then from there, my rooted leader invited me into my now small group, which has now led me to just so many friends. Are you with Ryan and those guys? Yeah. Absolutely love it. It's just a super group is yep. what I call it. <laughs> super. We love our small group and you have to be in shape to be in that group though, right? Yeah. We, <laughs> we say you have to be like at least a level three Christian. That's wow. great. Wow. Love, level three. No, honestly, we've talked about it and we have said, you know, maybe we do want to create kind of this not rule, but like a boundary of you need to go through rooted yeah. first because we are a very open group. We're very honest and everybody is very comfortable sharing. And I think rooted is really good for that. And that that's kind of why it was so helpful for me. But all that to say, I want you guys to know how special that place mm -hmm. is to me. And I know I can't be the only one. Um, and so we can start off with <laughs> how did you guys get to Vegas? All the way, you know, you don't have to give every little detail, the Cliff Notes version of then, sure. uh, you're obviously at the crossing now, the church I was just speaking about. Um, what brought you to Vegas and what's kept you here? I'll start and then she can fill in the gaps where I mess it up. I love your rooted conversation. Part of why I love it, I'll just kind of editorialize for a second and I'll jump in the story is because I do think that it's very popular for church to get sort of a bad reputation or if we want to call it church bashing. And some of it's actually probably well-deserved, mm -hmm. right? But there are moments where there are things that the church does, even programmatically, like a, a rooted, where you learn seven rhythms of discipleship, right? No commercial here, but, and, <laughs> and it's actually effective, yeah. right? So there's so many things that can be said about a church and a community. Partly the problem is the church is made up of people. So we like to call church like a church, like it's some kind of a thing, an like entity, an but it's yeah. really just us. So when everybody's like, yeah, the church, this church is, I'm like, yeah, that's because we do that, right? Like that's who we are, mm -hmm. good, bad, and otherwise. So I love you talking about how you connected, but we've been here in Vegas for, we were doing the math just before we came on. And I think it's like 31 years that we've been here, which is the majority of our married life. We were literally married less than a year ish wow. when we pulled into town. And it's so, it's so funny because Vegas has changed. So it's a completely different city than it was at that time. We had literally never been to Vegas, even though we grew up in Southern Arizona and it's not that far. Wait, you're from where? Tucson. I'm from Both Phoenix. of us. Yep. So we Sorry, just had never been here. Sorry. The worst part it of is. the state. We all, wear, we all wear turquoise, we like go. bolo ties and all that stuff. But people in Tucson and people in Phoenix don't like each other. It's, it's just the a weirdest weird thing. thing. It's, kind of Reno, it's kind of Reno Vegas kind yeah, of thing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So we had never even been here and we had just gotten married. I had finished up my initial education and it's kind of like, okay, we need to go do ministry. That's what mm -hmm. we felt called and compelled to do. And we got a call from somebody in Vegas and said, Hey, we got this church. It's kind of growing. We're looking for a student person. Would you be interested? We've heard your name through somebody, 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 right? So they buy us a plane ticket. Molly, on Continental Airlines, which no longer exists. Is that, I, that it, was Southwest? Or I think no? it became maybe American? got merged into United because you always went through Denver. So it makes me think it probably had something to do yeah, with that. That sounds right. But either way, they literally bought us a ticket, not intentionally, I don't think, but we literally landed a few minutes before midnight. They picked us up, the, the pastors that were hosting us, and they literally said, let's go up the strip. And so they drove us up the strip. 
the Excalibur had literally just been finished, Mirage, and then it was Old Vegas at that time. Yeah. A lot of what was there is not there any longer. Mm -hmm. And here's my new wife sitting next to me in the backseat of this car, and I'm saying, we should, we should consider coming to Vegas, and we're just looking around like, this is nuts. <laughs> but the reality is, by the time we were done, uh, the gentleman who was the pastor at the time drove us out to what now I know is Lone Mountain area. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, right before we got on the plane to go home, we were pondering whether we should come. He drove us and he got out of the car. Sounds very dramatic, but it really happened. And he kind of said, I want you to look. He's like, I'm telling you, if you come here, this place is about to explode with people. He's like, I know you don't, it doesn't, and the church at that time did not look like much. It was like over on Rancho by the, by the Fiesta Hotel. Oh, there used to be oh. a zoo over there that's not there anymore. <laughs> and it was just, it was really, a, it was not anything to be excited about. Mm -hmm. And, but when he told us that, we got on the plane, we went back to Seattle where we were living at the time, and we we're like, we need to go. And, you know, not to be super spiritual, but it was kind of like, it just, felt like we needed to go. So we drove here and I'll let her talk. But I remember the day we showed up was like the hottest day of the year. And we were both okay with heat, but this was like one of those things where it's like, we're trying to get in our apartment, everything we own, which was like a pillow and like when a I chair. When I moved, it was August. Yeah, yeah. same what thing. What have I done? Uh -huh. The, the, pavements, I done? the yeah. pavement's melting on your feet, yeah. you know, and yeah. you're like, this is Vegas, right? <laughs> and there's slot machines and all the grocery stores and you're just trying to get used to that. But man, the minute we hit the ground within a few short weeks, it it started to really kind of embed itself in us. And now 31 years later, we're still sitting here <laughs> with no real desire to go anywhere else as yeah. far as our people and, and where, where we are. Yeah, so it was, kind of it was amazing. I mean, we even like the thing that, that Lee and I talk about even, you know, recently is about how, when we came so many years ago and we're still connected with people and that there, there's something about, like you were talking about home, there's, there's something about, you don't hear that a lot anymore. And so there's even those, those uh, relationships that we have, you know, the kids that were in our youth ministry. Um, Quan's sitting here recording the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yep. He was there day one yep. from where we were there, right? Yeah. And so it's like 30 years later, he's like an old man, but we have that connection. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I mean, we've watched, we've watched people, them get married and have kids and now their kids are like getting married. And there's this connection, this deep connection that's happened that, uh, that those, uh, I, I, I have to say that those were some of the, the dearest years of my life is ministry, um, where we first came, um, those first seven years that we were here, it was just, you know, we were, we were learning how to be people. Yeah. We were learning how to be married. When we first got here. Every night we had free, we would like go hang at the palace station. Oh my gosh, we would have breakfast it was great. for dinner. And we, we didn't yes. gamble. So yes. it was, gamble was, to gamble as somebody in ministry was taboo at that time. <laughs> Probably still is, but at that time it was really, yeah. we'd go to all. Oh like, man, it was we'd the go to newest, buffets. Oh man. Oh my gosh, it, it was It was the just best. an amazing time. We went to we Arizona like, Charlie's. Oh yeah, It Decatur. was so fun. It was great. Oh my gosh. It was good stuff. The mashed potatoes and gravy at like nine o'clock at night. Some Those people are, are listening to your podcast are like, we have no idea what you're talking about. I know what all these places are because... Vegas is funny. It turns over like every five to 10 Which years. Which I don't hate. Yeah. I no, mean, there's part cool. of me that's okay. nostalgic, but there's part of me that goes, the there's something new good. coming all yeah. the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, even down where we are here in downtown, just mm -hmm. Circa popping up. And I mean, Derek Stevens has done such a good job down here making this area uh, cool again, yeah. quote right. unquote. Right. I love it down here as a local. We have just all of our little areas now, but I, I agree with you. I think it's so cool that on a Saturday I go to dinner at Red Rock. 
yeah. which is if for people who don't know a casino also. Mm -hmm. And that's <laughs> someone's dream vacation. And they save up all year to go to that casino. And I just hop in my little seven minute yep. drive and I can, if I want to, you know, I can gamble a little. I'm not a big gambler and not, not because I'm this really great Christian. I just really don't like losing money. <laughs> You're really a bad gambler. Yeah, I, it's, it's not fun for me. I'd rather go spend that money on something else, but it's cool, especially as a sports fan too. Like I have always oh, have a place sure. to watch a game. And, sure. it's, and people used to always talk to me in the beginning, like how long are you gonna be there? How is it doing minute? I mean, you literally have these conversations. We'd go to conferences or whatever. Ooh, you know, Vegas and just the silly things that people say to the all stigma. of us as residents, mm -hmm. yeah. but especially being a pastor in Vegas. Like if I went to play golf with three other people and they said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor in Vegas. It was like, what are we like? You're an alien. You're a Martian. Right. Right. And so then you'd begin to explain to them, like, you don't understand, especially back in those in the 90s where people were flowing here just crazy. It was like, this is the place that you want to be, because at that time, especially in ministry, people were hurting when they were hurting or broken or resetting their lives. They would come to Vegas. Yeah, there was opportunity, so you know, so our church, our relationships that we would have were full of people that were restarting. At yeah. that time, a lot of them were would restart for a few years and leave. Now that dynamic has changed a lot. And so we just enjoyed the fact in kind of a, in a healthy way, we enjoyed that there were broken people. That sounds funny to say, right? We enjoyed broken people, but when that's your calling in life to well, deal with people, business. right? It's like, okay, <laughs> this is the place where there's so many people that are broken, but not just broken. What's interesting is they were, they, they, acknowledged it, that there yeah. was, there wasn't that fake kind of somewhat Bible belt, like we're okay. It was really like, okay to come to Vegas and to reset. And then to figure out how does God connect to that part of my story and how does the church and being in community connect to that part yeah. of our story. And so once we got a taste of that, it was really hard to then think about not even just from the fact we love the city, but from a ministry perspective, changing that became really, really difficult to think about and consider. Yeah. On that note, because, you know, we, I talked about the whole Sin City thing and, and the idea of being a pastor in Vegas, like you said, brings up the stigma like, oh yeah, we work at a church in Vegas mm -hmm. and we grow a church in Vegas. Your church is in the Mirage. Yeah. They <laughs> like every you know, uh, the best you thing. church on the strip? Yes. The best thing about sports coming to town is people have other things to talk to us Correct. about now. <laughs> They're not like, oh, do you gamble all the time? They're like, oh, are you a Golden Knights fan? I'm like, yes, yes. let's talk about that. Yes. Right. Um, but I actually had a conversation. I, I've brought this up before on the podcast, but I was talking to my therapist who is a Christian and we were talking about why we both think the community here is so healthy. And what she said is in like Texas, right? She goes, people on Sunday morning, whether they wanna go or not, it's taboo not to. So you'll see their car pull out of the driveway. Who knows if they even listen when they're there, they'll come home and they'll re-engage in their toxic lifestyle. Right. Whereas here, no one cares. Like we all have friends that don't go to church. We have friends that are in other spaces and there's no judgment on Sunday if someone decides to go to the Raiders game instead of hit you know, the 12 PM service or whatever. And for me, when she said that, I said, that's kind of what I've been trying to explain to people is there's an authenticity here when you sit next to someone in church and I, it's bled for me into my small group, yep. you know, in full transparency, my small group, we do life together for my birthday. I got us a cabana at a pool and that's so Vegas, what? but <laughs> next I'm time. I'm so offended. <laughs> next time. 
But people are like, you do this with your small yep. group. And when I invite mm. other friends to hang out with my church friends, they realize like, oh, these are the same There's people. There's a connection there. Mm. Yeah. And it's so authentic and just honest. It's a funny thing. And you can ask this one about it. Like she's gone to conferences. Church is funny because they bring people in, right? So people, special guests, speakers go to a conference. And what do they always, what do they always lead with? It always just makes you text me and want to come home. Oh, we're in Sin City. What's it like living oh my in gosh, it? can you believe it? Yes. Oh, it just like it just Ugh. it's like it's like it, it really like offends ma- it's me. A thing like for it's her. so it's so it's so rude. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like every other city has sin in it. It too. also tells you they you haven't done I mean? their homework. Yeah. Because exactly. everybody's sitting there is like, no, that's yeah. not how we view it. It's yeah. our it's our place. Yeah, it's our home. Well, right. a turning point for me with the crossing was and I I I'm sure other churches responded the same way. I'm only speak, singling the crossing out because it's where I go. But when the shooting happened right. almost mm-hmm. five years it's ago. It's five now, years ago this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking to myself, like, this is where you kind of figure out what the city is made of. And that's actually when I started to fall in love with the city. That's such a weird thing to say. Sure. But seeing how this community mm-hmm. holds itself up. Like, you know, people come here and have fun. We're hospitality. But when they all leave, like, we take care of each other. And I love that about Vegas. The Vegas takes care of its locals. Um, But I just remember the response from the church was very, Mm -hmm. like, boots on the ground. We're going to just throw our resources, our people into the community wherever it's needed. And, again, the church does take well-deserved hits at times. Yeah. But I always tell people when they get really upset with the church and maybe some of the church's stances or some of the church's way we do things, the imperfections of the church. Um, you know, there was a there was a guy who wrote a song once. I hope you don't beep this out. But he literally wrote a song that was very popular and he basically called it The Church is a Whore mm-hmm. is what he said. And I was like, wow. But he talked about how the church is just a representation of who we are, trying its best to be the bride of Christ in some ways, right? And so then you get to October 1, and we're stepping up in those Mm -hmm. ways. And that's where I always tell people, like, you can disconnect from the church, but in those moments where that church community is important, it's gonna fe- you're gonna feel disconnected yeah. because that's when we all rise up and, mm-hmm. and we do that. And I remember it as well, standing outside at the crossing oh, man. and yeah. people had candles and we mm-hmm. were all outside. There's a picture that still resonates that we have in our lobby of that evening. I remember it vividly. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. and I think that our big city, really, we, I remember hearing people talk about it. You know, Vegas is a big city, but we really are a small We're town. We're a small yep. town. We're yep. a small town, and, and it's we take care of one another. Mm-hmm. And I remember even my own kids, just really, my kids lived in Phoenix. Well, they were, they going, were going to school to, and They were college. going to school, and they immediately got in their cars yeah. without a question. And they were here within 24 hours. For no real reason, just For no to reason, be here. Just, they didn't. They just knew that they needed to be here because they knew we were gonna we were gonna act. Yeah, and we were gonna take care of our city. So they knew we needed their hands and their feet. Yeah, it was in good. That moment. It was a, it was it was a. I think it was a real pivotal moment for our city. Yeah, I really it, do. It, I mean, absolutely. Because like I said, there was people like me who I went through that first year of living here. Just like I hate it here. You mm. asked me, you live in Vegas. How do you like? I I hate it. Mm. I moved from California, so I moved from a very beautiful place, mm. and that's yep. all I knew as an adult. And so when I moved here, I was on that two to three year plan that everyone talks about, and that mm. we're all still here. <laughs> <laughs> so when people move here on that plan, yeah. but yeah. I that was one of the moments where I fell in love with this city. But like I said earlier, it, a large part of it was the community believers that I was starting to engulf myself in and I remember just thinking like this is 
not what people probably think Vegas is like. Like I didn't come to Vegas to find salvation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't Community? come to Vegas to find yeah. a church. Uh-huh. I mean, but I had, people do, Molly. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. Is so many stories are that way. This very similar to yours. Like that's not what I expected to find when I came to Vegas. And yet I found that redemptive story that's still being played out for you. Yeah. And, and I think we've heard that over and over again. We see that narrative play out at the crossing and all of my other church um, leader friends that are around the city, which is another dynamic here. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, it's just the, the tightness and the camaraderie that exists in most ways with the other church leaders, pastors, et cetera, that are here. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that. Is that something that I'm just, no. I haven't been, you know, I grew up in the same church my whole life and I didn't really pay attention to what was sure. going on outside of it. But I've noticed here, like even, you know, I'll, you know, once a month, I'll go to City Light. Yeah. I went on Sunday, amazing. Yeah. Like I'll go, I'll ask my friends, hey, if you ever want me to go. And there's just this like cool supportiveness I feel yep. between the pastors. Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. I think, you know, there's variances and it's difficult, right? When there's churches get larger and it's just tough to stay connected. And as the city's gotten larger, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think early on, especially that first decade we were here, Oh yeah. Um, Vegas was still much more of an island, especially from the church uh, faith perspective. So when you were a person of faith or you were a faith leader, you were on an island, like there, you know, you're five hours from everybody else. Yeah. So there was a real bonding that came. And I think even as the city has obviously blown up since that time, I think there are, there are fragments. I think it's more challenging now than ever for sure, but I think there are fragments of it. And I think what, what becomes more challenging for me, this your podcast, but candidly is like, (laughs) as people come to Vegas, as somebody who's been here a while, you start to feel like that guy that's like, Hey, you got to get some credibility here. (laughs) Right. Like it's like, Hey, been here, done that. Like, um, I remember a few years ago, somebody was coming to Vegas. (laughs) Um, they know who they are. We've talked, but, and they, their whole promotion was, Hey, I'm coming to start a strip for the, for the sinners. And like, literally they were doing that, right? Like trying to create some degree of enthusiasm. And I get it. It was kind of a marketing thing of like, I'm coming to Vegas to save Vegas. And it's kind of like, Hey man, we've been here. Like we're doing okay. Like we we really, and it's funny because I've become real close with that individual after 10 or plus years and they get it now. Like it's, it's, it takes all of us to be able to really create an environment where people can come to faith here. Now, again, we should probably talk. It, there are definitely challenges with the with the nature of the city, yeah, of with the distractions of the city. I think those are probably um, common everywhere. It's interesting because I was just in Indiana last week working with some church leaders and they kind of talk about Vegas. And I always say to them, you know, Vegas, the, what you think of Vegas is all your people who flew there. Yeah. Right. And so they think of Vegas like us and we're all off living our lives (laughs) and then they're all coming in. And so I don't, you know, what we see as Vegas is really the needs of the neighborhoods, Henderson, Summerlin, the the true community that's there. And I think the addition of the sports team, some of the things that happened even in 2008, nine, before you got here where the housing market just crashed. Mm -hmm. I think that changed the dynamic of people seeing Vegas as like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here now. And we lived through all of that and saw that really happen. And man, it, it's, I love that feeling that people go, this is my place and this is my home. And, and I want to be here and I want to see what God's going to do in this city. And we need more people like that yeah. that'll commit themselves to that reality and really invest in our city in a big way. I actually went through a phase this summer, right before I launched this podcast where I was like, my time's up. I need to move. I had sold my house. I had 
went to go buy another one. And great I, story, by the way. I, I pulled, yeah, a great, it was a great story. Great story. Um, I need to check on For those. another podcast. Yeah, for another episode. <laughs> Maybe I can get them on. That's right. Um, but I had been under contract to buy a house and I was like, you know, Vegas is my home. And then I decided to walk away from it. So I didn't end up buying that house. So I was in this weird phase of the last five years of my life. I've been in a house that I've owned and I was very proud of it. And now I'm going into a one bedroom apartment, which there's no shame in that. I now find the joy in it. But at the time I was like, what is going on? So it's like, God's telling me to leave. Like it's time to go. I've, and then once again, that Sunday I went to City Light and uh, I think that was, yeah, Pastor Jabin spoke literally about investing in Vegas. Yeah. He was like hmm. talking about how when he moved here, someone, I don't, maybe it was you, someone that he respected told him, you need to buy a house. And he was like, plant roots. Yeah. He's like, why? He goes, cause you need to be like intentional. You need to buy a house and basically say, I'm staying here and sort of lead by example. And just everything in my body was like, you're not leaving. And I ended up separating the facts from the emotions and being like, no, you were feeling that way about other things. Like this is your home. And it like hit me in that moment. It's like, we need people to come here and say, I'm gonna be the community that maybe I'm looking for. So if I'm longing for something in Vegas or somewhere else, that's, if someone's listening and you feel kind of a disconnect and you're wondering why God has you somewhere, maybe you're the person that's supposed to start that thing and start the church or just the a small group, anything that can make someone feel like that place well, is home. And it's your podcast, right? Where you're planning. That's, I love the title of it and the whole thing. And we did leave for about a, week, a year and a half, um, probably 15 years ago before we came to the crossing. And through that, through that experience, which was, there's all kinds of things about that experience, but uh, relevant to the conversation, we really recognized at a deeper level that this is our, this is our place. Like this is our people. You mm -hmm. know, and we were, we were, <laughs> seems to be the theme. We were having therapy during that time. We were meeting <laughs> yes. with somebody. I talk about therapy so much on uh -huh. this podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. Tanya was there with me <laughs> and we were going every week yeah. and talking about, you know, we were kind of what, what is known as a dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. You can look that up, but people, you know, nothing immoral, but just really kind of questioning life and where are we doing and all that. And we were going to therapy together and the gal looked at Tanya and said, I think you just need to go home. Oof. And what was your response? I said, oh, what? What do you mean home? Like you, we need to like go home and like get it together. And she's like, no, you need to go back to Vegas. <sighs> oh, that's your home. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It so is. were you feeling like, like disconnected where you were Correct. in that moment? Yeah. There was a lot of things going yeah. on, but literally it was at the point where I said to her after that, I said, listen, if we've got to go back to Vegas and I'm going to wipe cars at a car wash, we're going to do it. To, I would rather be there doing that with my people than the situation that I'm in right now. Wow. That's how strong that pull was. Yeah. And it was humiliating to some degree to kind of, you know, leave and say, I'm going to move on to this other life and then have to kind of put your head between your knees and come back or your tail between your, whatever uh. the phrase is <laughs> yeah. and come yeah. back. Yeah. But we didn't care. We were like immediately we, when we got back within a very short period of time, we were like, yeah. It was exactly you know, one year. Like it like, was exactly we, one year. We, we, yeah. need to, we need to be here and, yeah. and be able to do that. And our kids, our kids did the same thing, which is interesting because families listen or people that have a family or they mm -hmm. maybe want to have a family. It used to be like, hey, we got to get out of here. You alluded to it earlier. Yeah. We got to get out of here before we have a family. Yeah, we came to Vegas and it was great. You know, we were like, yeah, Excalibur. Oh, just the two of us, you know, right? It was fun. Like, it was like, ooh, yay, let's hang out with the youth group and go have a buffet, you know, yeah. and the steak and eggs. And ooh. But then when the kids, yeah, ooh. That, that 25 pounds of steak and eggs yeah. late at night. Yeah. 
That's Vegas. <laughs> no, that'll, seriously, that'll it was catch that, up with that late night yeah. special, man. Two pancakes, <laughs> it was steak, really and fun. eggs. It was great. Two ninety nine, you know, uh, the frosties all and all that thing. But we thought we'd be out. Oh yeah, I, for de- for sure. My my heart, you know, is. He has a young wife. I wasn't thinking about kids, but as you know, when I got pregnant, I thought, oh man, I'm not sure this is probably the place that we're going to raise our kids. We got to go somewhere that's like, you know, that has water and everyone's nice, clean. And then, you know, I was telling you earlier before we got on, there was this billboard that I don't know if you guys remember. I don't know if it's appropriate to say, but it was, it was, it was all these naked butts and it was said, (laughs) all the taxi cabs had it all, uh, no offense or butts. Um, I feel like I did see this. It was something about like, it It was was their, it was their slogan. It was a show or a strip club. Slogan of Vegas. And I remember my son was like three or four. No way! You didn't say no ifs, ands, or buts, and there was like six buts. Like there basically was six buts facing you, and they were really so good you'd stop butts. at the stoplight, yeah, yeah. and that's what you would stare at like, for hello. two minutes. We would be looking at yeah. six or seven butts, and I would, yeah, but nice. They were good, you know, nice, <laughs> you perfect. Know. So, uh, so I remember telling my son, you know, I said, Austin, we he's like six or seven. We, we, don't, we don't look at he's that staring. stuff. You he's know? looking, and so he always did, but then he would look down, you know, and then I was I was telling you earlier. You know, I thought, wait a minute, why, why am I, this is my city, but I, I can raise, I can raise navigate kids it. here. I'm going to be able to navigate that. That's when my, my, my little switch turned on. And I thought I can do this. I can, people raise their kids in other cities where there's, you know, there's sin, there's challenges and there's, challenges sin and there's yeah. yeah. Why are we any different? You know, we are, we live in a neighborhood, you know, and that's when it all switched for me. And that's when the mom, the mom switch turned on and things changed. So the no ifs, ands, or buts was nope. really pivotal in it your life. It was pivotal. And I, t- I was, I was going to Google it and see if I could show a picture of it, but y'all can I can Google, Google, it, Google yeah. it, it yourself. I can put it on the Instagram. Uh, yeah. Scare people away. I, yeah, I thought this was a Christian podcast. I yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes really God that, uses those boards. Yeah. That reminds me of what I always say about people arguing about sports teams being here. You know, the whole argument for a long mm-hmm. time. Well, it was about the gambling, but it was also about, oh, the, the athletes aren't going to be able to handle it. There's mm-hmm. too much temptation. Sure. We always say, you know, I work in football. If a guy wants to find trouble in Green Bay, he's yep. going to find it. Absolutely. If he wants to find trouble in Arizona, he's mm-hmm. going to find it. He can find, you want trouble, you're going to find it. Yeah. There's sin everywhere, like you said. There's yeah. there's things that people can do to get in trouble to sacrifice things that they want. Like there's so much you can get into anywhere. It's more about your heart and your mind than your environment. And that's where oh, the man, church yeah. communities are so important. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the key, Molly, to what you're talking about. And I love that you found a church. I mean, obviously I love that you found the crossing, but <laughs> yeah. any church where you feel like you've got that community mm-hmm. again, because that's the part of, 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 of the church as a group of people who come together because they have a, they have a shared desire to really, um, really glorify God, but also be mobilized. I kind of think about like when we gather for church, everybody loves to gather, right? We got the lights and the music wherever you go, right? But the reality, I always say it's both vertical and horizontal. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there is a reason for us to be there vertically, right? Glorify God, we sing and do all those things. But there better be a horizontal response where we're like mobilized as a result of being there, right? So there's a lot of church in places where it's all here, which is good, right? But it's all here. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but I really Mm -hmm. believe that God's 
desire for us, and it's all throughout Scripture, is the idea that this will actually lead to this, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of that part of that tension is how do we mobilize people to go out into the community? Obviously, we have big tragic moments like October one, right? But th those are those are the hopefully the exception. But we want to be people that are loving and leading as people of faith in our community, and not in a freaky way. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? Not in a freaky way or in a way that's that's uncomfortable for people, but where people will actually say, whatever you're, whatever you have, whatever is leading to the peace and the hope and all of that that you have, I, I, I'm I'm curious about that. I right? just had that conversation with a client of mine. He's going through some adversity with his. He's not getting the playing time he wants, and he is like to me, like he's not just a believer. He's I look up to him. He's younger than me, but I look up to him. His faith is just rock solid. And, but he still has his moments. He actually texted me Sunday night while I was in church and he's like, I'm just so frustrated. I'm doing everything right. Da, da, da. And I said, just remember that there's someone in your locker room that doesn't know Jesus and they're going to see how you respond to the situation. And they're going to ask you how you are so at peace when you shouldn't be. Cause they know what you're going through. Your teammates do but they may respond with anger or something destructive and you are gonna come in the same old guy that you always are and not in a fake way, in the way of this This doesn't disrupt me because I still know what my identity is and Love it's it. not in the NFL, mm -hmm. it's not in that team specifically. Um, but I say that because I'm, I'm listening you talk about the mobilizing and the efforts you guys have and I think Rooted is a big part of that. Yeah. Cause that is part of my testimony is I remember, I don't know, I don't remember which section it was in i need to i need to redo rooted <laughs> I, I actually want to facilitate rooted at some point i'll take you care should. of the 50 bucks yeah, yeah. i got well, you we'll and, call grandma in it's our a... in our super group now not only do we have a worship pastor we have the per person that now like runs rooted cat okay yeah so, absolutely i'm like she's like you're yeah. doing root you're gonna lead rooted at some point there so i'm go. gonna do it she's she got you she'd be great but um i remember the shift in my mindset of like my life doesn't need to be separate like I, I'm in my job for a reason. And I always thought it was cause I loved football, but really it's the people. I'm in the business of people, not of football. And I think if you shift your mindset and your church helps you get to that point where you can actually see yourself as a disciple and not just a person that goes to church and then leaves and hopefully is a good person along the way, but truly saying like, how do I implement this in my everyday life? And those conversations that I get to have with him, I probably wouldn't have been as confident to have had I not gone through those exercises and really talked through it with my group about mm -hmm. how do we each take this into what we're gonna do tomorrow? Not just, I was a Tuesday night rooted person, but so not just on Sundays and on Tuesday nights, but on Wednesdays then, like how do I translate this? And those conversations are so important because in whether it's through a sermon or through these groups and stuff, I think a lot of people that's where the disconnect is is they feel like for me, I felt almost unworthy of bringing it into the yeah, but rest that's of my where life. the opportunity is, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't compartmentalize that to some extent, even though we're really, really good at it. Yeah. Right. And so that's where, again, I go back to, and I, I don't mean to harp on this, but I'm like, the church is flawed. Like if you're listening to this and you think that you're going to find a perfect church, Trust me, I've been around, I work with churches. They are flawed, flawed, flawed. Every single one of them. Well, they are because they're people and they're being led by people and they're doing the best they can, right? And there are situations that are unhealthy and need to be dealt with. There are situations that are toxic that need to be dealt with. But at the end of the day, there is a need 
that Christ told us for us to gather together as a church and to do that in a way as, as healthy as possible to what you're talking about, to mobilize ourselves in a way that actually impacts our community. And yeah. so sometimes I, I think people actually, they find faith because of some, you know, maybe, maybe fear of hell or, you know, excitement around you know, whatever comes after this life for them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of what Jesus taught really has to do with between now and the end of your life. Yeah. And that's really uh, should be probably a lot more of our focus and the rest will take care of itself. You know, like how am I living in grace and extending that grace to everybody else? And that's where we found living in Vegas, like the ability to do that is just like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's almost like I can't even imagine living in a community where that wouldn't be true. Yeah. Sometimes I probably feel like the two of us are a little spoiled, like having been here so long. Do we really, do we really understand the impact that's there? But to Tanya's point earlier, I think when we walk around and we interact with people that our lives have either at a deep level or just glanced off of in some way, shape or form, we go, okay, that's cool. Like who doesn't want to at least have a life where you're embedded enough, planted, as you would say, where you're planted yeah. to be able to have those cool conversations that are like, Hey, I've had people come up to me at the crossing and go, uh, your wife. So this is funny guys. So I didn't know anything as a young newlywed and I was wanting to do ministry. So we had a white church van that was a 15 passenger van that we would put like 18 people in sometimes <laughs> illegally. Well, we, we called, called, it called it the, the well. It, it, was, it was so dirty and nasty that uh. I would take it to the car wash and just open all the doors and literally just spray it out <laughs> inside and out. But the story is, is that somehow we tapped into a group of kids that came from a lower income area near CSN up on the north side of town in North mm -hmm. Las Vegas. And so we start, they started asking to come, but they had no transportation. And so we took the van and we would run it over there, which was great. The the whale would go over there and pick them up. And there was two or three stops and they'd pick up these kids and they'd bring Load them and they them were up. rough. They were rough kids. But the funny part is I thought nothing of actually sticking my wife in the driver's seat <laughs> at nine o'clock at night and sending her out to distribute. And again, even Best today, I think time. it's crazy. It's totally crazy. But at the crazy. time it's like, no, this is just what we do mm -hmm. because it's our city and these kids need to connect to Christ. Mm -hmm. right. And I hope that somewhere in us, even as we age and get a little more experience, we don't lose some of that. <laughs> right? I think that's part of what makes the Vegas church awesome too, Absolutely. is like, let's just do this. Like yeah. we have people all the time at the crossing that question us. You wouldn't think that right, Molly? Like, oh, everybody loves the crossing. It's like, no, we have people a few weeks ago, we're giving shoes and we're collecting shoes for kids, you know, and I'm getting a couple, just one or two, it's thousands of people, but you know, like, why are we collecting shoes? Like, you know, these kids, you know, and it's just like, I can't help you. And it's nice to be in a place where you can go, yeah, this isn't really the place for you. Yeah. Like there's a lot of great churches in Vegas. Like we're literally at the point, we don't say it flippantly, but sometimes it's like, Hey, you're probably not really in alignment with where we want to go. And that's okay. The direct, and that's okay. Yeah. But we need to get that out in the open right now because you're going to be pretty unhappy. <laughs> right. Cause on the side of our building, it says, come as you are right. You're made to make a difference. All these slogans we have, but we mean those things, right. Yeah. Again, not perfect. And so it's fun to be in a city where we can actually experiment and do some things that actually yeah, can you can make kind an of like have fun a little mm -hmm. bit more than maybe like the churches and the places we talked about earlier where <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of expectations for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And they don't love that. And now we're in the middle of town. So we're over off of Saharan Valley view with another second location mm -hmm, that people mm -hmm. go to. And that's starting to really be a thing. And it's like, I go over there now, Tanya was over there Sunday and it feels like a new beginning. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Like there's a couple yeah. hundred people. It's small, but it's like, okay, these guys are in this community. And they're doing something in that neighborhood yeah. that's transformative. So it's it's pretty cool. Like we wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's great. 
I feel the same way about Vegas. Yep. It it catches you off guard. It does. Like I I don't know how to describe it to people, but you guys obviously get it the same way I do. Kirk Franklin at the Maverick City concert called it Salvation City instead I like of that. Sin All City. Right. Nice. Appreciate that. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to use. He got that. some points on that one yeah. from you. Yeah. For yeah. Because sure. I think there was something about you know it was a Friday night in Vegas and sure. they sold out the arena and the cool thing for me was I had a friend come to town that lives in like San Francisco area. And she had, mm. this is her first time in Vegas. She flew in for a worship concert <laughs> and That's we were awesome. laughing. The irony of it all. Oh, I know. Wow. So we See? we went to dinner at Mandalay. I got us a room at Mandalay because it's her first time in Vegas. I'm like, awesome. we really need to stay on the strip. Yeah. yeah. So we went to dinner. We run into someone I know who goes to, um, it's called like the mountain, I think. Yeah. Is that right? Uh -huh. um, so her and I are talking and she's like, my friend's like, oh, does she go to church? I'm like, no, just someone I met like, at the gym who also goes to church and loves it. Right. She's with her whole little small group that she facilitates. And then we're walking in, we see Luke and Kat who are in my small group. And, and you're on the strip. And you're on the strip. Boom. Like you're walking Bonus. through a casino yes. to get to a worship concert. <laughs> and then we see someone's wearing the, you know, crossing shirt. So I go up to him, like we're on the floor. I'm like, you go to the crossing? He's like, what yeah. Up? And she's like looking around like, this is your life. I'm like, actually, yeah. I go, yep. this is actually pretty normal. Like we were saying, it's a small town. Yeah. It's it's a city, but it's a small town. And for, you can't really screw up here because if you do, everyone's going to know. <laughs> also true. But if you're a good person and you seek the community that, that Vegas has to offer, you can go to a worship concert on a Friday night in the middle of a casino and you're going to run into other churchgoers. Mm -hmm. And it, even... My therapist was going. <laughs> like, I was like, everyone's going to this concert, but, and I don't know if that just speaks to my community, but I'm, you know, there's people uh -huh. that you guys know, you know, okay. one of my best friends that when I met her, never stepped, would never have stepped foot in church with me. She had gone to church, but the environment that the crossing created mm -hmm. allowed her to feel welcome to come back. Right. And that's not something every church can say. And I think we have to pay attention to that with the dynamics of the context of Vegas, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, what kind of environments are we creating where people can come, where people can feel welcome to come, where people can um, experience some failure in their life, as we all do, and be able to still walk in the doors and feel like this is a place where I can regroup yeah. and go back out. You know, we, we see people get baptized a lot, which we've, we view as um, scripturally kind of a key moment mm -hmm. for people, right? There's different ways in which people kind of come to Christ, but we see it as sort of like, this is a moment where I'm publicly saying, this is what's up as yeah. you did, right? And a lot of times at the, at the church we lead, we get a chance for, we ask people, we invite them to tell their story via video, which you probably, I don't know if you did cause you did it at Rooted. So they just, we call that just do it. Yeah. You just got in the water. Well, did it. And honestly, right. that's why I did it. It's great. And I like, I, I haven't told my whole testimony on top of the podcast yet, but one thing I loved about that opportunity was that it was so low key mm -hmm. and it was, I had planned it. So I didn't choose. You knew to, you were going to do it. I knew I was going to do it. I actually, I called my mom and my dad. Cause like <laughs> I said earlier, I didn't want to offend them because I'd sure. been baptized as a baby. Mm -hmm. So I told my mom, I was like, I have to ask you something. And she's like, well, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I just want to tell you, like, I'm going to get baptized on November 15th and for my end of my rooted what celebration. What was her response? She goes, Molly, there's worse things to hear from your daughter than she wants She's to like, get baptized. She was I can expecting now. something else. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, like getting okay. baptized. Awesome. I just didn't want you to feel like I was stepping oh, on right. your toes. And of course my dad was excited and everything, mm. but I, I was like, you know, I'm not also going to invite anyone. I want this to be just... A, spontaneous a thing, thing I'm that, doing with my friends yeah, and my rooted group. And Marco, my rooted leader, yep. was baptized me and he's the one that invited me into my small group. Awesome. So it, I loved that opportunity to do it in more of a low-key way because right. I did not want the brunch 
I didn't want the big <laughs> celebration at 30. I was 27, 28 at the time. I, you just don't want that anymore. And when I'm it's, doing the math right now. I'm, yeah. One, I'm two, 31. Three. So All right, cool. Own it. I was born when you guys moved to Vegas. It That's crazy. Don't do that, that math. Okay. That's brutal math. Mm. That's so but everybody's I, story is so unique when they get in those baptism waters. Yeah, right? absolutely. And sometimes to be able to hear that story and just, and not like the story's over. It's almost like that's the story up to this point. Yeah. Like here's the narrative for right now. Yeah. And then it's kind of to be continued, which is what's happening with you and the influence that you're having, even doing this totally. and other things in your world. Well, this is huge. And my friend that I mentioned that you guys know, she's been going a lot more now. And one Sunday there was a baptism and I think, um, who's the pastor that does the baptisms? A lot of times Dan will do Yeah, those. I think it yeah. was Dan, uh -huh. yeah. He said something like, if you've never done this, just picture yourself like in the water. And like 30 seconds later, she turned to me, she goes, is the water warm? Uh oh. And I was like, oh. She's getting warm. Yeah. yeah. And I was She's like, the baptism, I honestly itch. don't remember, but it's warm if you need it to be. Sure. <laughs> like, I'll make warm it warm enough. for you. <laughs> Um, I have like a general question. You've okay. been talking about church a lot and I, I want you both to give some insight and this will be kind of how we can wrap it up. But um, a lot of people are disenchanted with the church right now and you've, you've touched on it and I'm sure you guys see it all the time working in the church. What is something, you know, you've said a lot of great points today to endorse the church and the community. And I can even say like right now, the crossing is in the midst of something that I'm so thankful we have the church for with one of our pastors' wives going through a major health Correct. thing. And I, I actually texted that to my family and said, this is why you need church. Like it's, there's so many things that are wrong with it. But when you have mm. thousands of people praying for your wife at one time and for you, it's like, it, it, my entire small group, we prayed at the same time one night and we all said, we prayed, we didn't plan this. We all said, we prayed out loud, which a lot of us don't normally do when we're alone. And we all cried. It was like the Holy Spirit knew what was happening with all of us doing it at the same time. And that's when you're like, no, you need community. Molly, you're like preaching now. Man, I don't need to say anything. Just keep I don't want to say anything like at you all. Got no room for, yeah. You got no room. Just let that be <laughs> wow. it. No, so I want to know though, what your, like your like quick endorsement of why someone, if they have felt wronged by the church, like they don't belong in the church, like church, it doesn't have a purpose for them anymore. Whatever it is, why they should maybe give it another shot and try to find that community that we've all been talking about that I've been so lucky to find here. There's something about um, connection with people. Um, it's it's so important. Like you, I mean, I'm just sitting here watching and listening to you as you're you've kind of grown up in Vegas. It's so mm -hmm. amazing to to hear that and to see From your a testimony. Faith place for sure. Yeah, right? just a faith place. And so, yeah, I, I've been there. I've been there, and I've sat in the back of the church, and I've been hurt by those Jesus people. You know, the people that say that they love God with their whole heart, and I know that they do. Um, but when you uh, decide to flip that switch, kind of like I did with Austin mm -hmm. when he was sitting in the car seat and decide that your faith is so important and that you just really want to reach out. And there's something about community. There's something about sharing your life with others um, and being authentic. And, and even that experience you're talking about, um, this gal that's not doing well. It, it, there's something about it. I feel like connected to you, even as you were saying that, because I've been praying we're too. We're going through it together. We're going through yeah. it together. There's something that I come back to all the time too, and I, maybe it's my mom heart, but you know, Vegas is our home. 
and the crossing is our family, mm-hmm. you know? And so when, when you have a, a healthy home, then you're, the, then you want to be a part of a family, a part of a community. And that's really what, what that is. And so I know what it's like to be hurt by those people that say they love Jesus. Um, but we're all humans. Like we said, we're all a bunch of messed up people trying to just do life together. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, just take, take a, take a stab again and, and, and go get planted somewhere and be a part of a family. Yeah, I, th- I think that just to add to that, I think I would I would tell you, like, even if you're listening, like if you've been hurt, like, I feel so bad. Like, I'm sorry that for whatever happened or whatever someone did or someone in leadership did um, all of those things. Genuinely, I think, you know, that's a beginning point to realize, you know, whatever I could represent for that individual. And then secondly, I would just say, you know, as you begin to accept the idea that the church is made up of people who need grace, just like you do. Sometimes I listen to people who are critical and, you know, there's a word we use in the church, hypocrite which I think is an appropriate word. But sometimes I think as we, if we leave the church or step away from the church, we can also be somewhat hypocritical as well. Because what sometimes what we're looking at the church and expecting something from the church that we're not even giving or bringing oh, to the church. Good, yeah. Right. So it's like we have to be a little careful because mm-hmm. we lay expectations on the church that we're not able to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's understanding like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay. If there's anything, I, I mean, literally that's all I could say to you if you're listening, like I'm going to stay now again, if you're in a toxic, yes, you, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But if it's just like, man, these people are frustrating or man, I don't agree with this perspective or this, 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 even this theology per, potentially in a particular church, but these are my people I'm going to stay. Cause I talk to people all the time that exit, um, for various reasons and they, there's a level of regret that they have and a level of absence that they feel because of what they miss there. And so I would just be careful to not move too fast to that place. Right now, it's very popular to deconstruct the church. Yeah, that's the right? word right now. But the reality, <laughs> let me let you in on a secret. I've been here, I've been 50 plus years on this earth and 30 plus years in ministry. People have been doing this on a regular basis. <laughs> they just like a podcast. Ro- no, they, yeah. yeah, they just, it just <laughs> rotates through every few years. I went through it. Yeah. I never deconstructed to my faith, but we planted a church. Quan was part of it, different people. And we, we did things weird. We lit candles and we, we just deconstructed and it was okay. Like we were trying to figure out what church should be like. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end of the day, stay, like decide I'm going to stay, connect yourself to a church community and realize there's flaws. There's going to be issues and you're going to contribute to those issues and those flaws mm-hmm. occasionally. And you just have to stay, I'm going to stay and make that commitment. And it'll be amazing to see what even maybe that commitment, sort of like you did when you thought you were leaving Vegas and you said, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stay. It's probably very similar in the line of going, that's, I'm here and I'm gonna gonna stay here in this church community, wherever it is. And then I'm gonna contribute to the Las Vegas community. If you're in Vegas or wherever community you may be listening this to, like you're gonna be much more effective helping meet the needs of your community, the orphans, the, the widows, as the Bible talks about, the whoever, the poor that's in your community, you can do a lot of by yourself, but man, when the church unites, you, you, can, you can do so much more. And so um, if that can be not, a, hopefully not a lecture, but an encouragement <laughs> for people to just stay and to allow some of that uncomfortableness yeah. to kind of heal as they mm-hmm. stay in community. Yeah. If nothing else, it can facilitate good work. If it, and you have to find a healthy church. Like there's, there is toxicity out there and that's totally different than what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. I listened to something that stuck with me 
it was actually um, a message about singleness. And she was uh, Lisa Harper, who I just love. I adore her. If we could ever get her at the crossing, I will personally- Get her on your podcast. I know, she's amazing. But she is in her 50s and she's single and I'm single. And so I, I listened to this message and it really flipped the script for me because one of the parts of the message was about how she, you know, singleness is a weird thing to be in church. And so that is something that can make a lot of Fair. people feel disconnected. And she talked about this experience where they basically made single people feel totally left out from the message that day. And it was like a general service. It wasn't mm -hmm. like a marriage, you know, retreat or something. And, <laughs> but she said, you know, if you are relying on the church, like for your sense of belonging, you've, you've already kind of missed the point. And your sense of belonging is in Jesus. You know, he's the husband to the husbandless. He's the father to the fatherless, not your church. And your church can create those feelings and help foster them. But you have to decide, like you guys have been saying, you can't put your expectations in man. You're going to be disappointed every time. Mm -hmm. And everyone gets it wrong. But I'm here to say there are churches that get it right because I'm lucky enough <laughs> To belong to one yeah, and find one if you yeah. feel like you're in one that's mm -hmm. not and getting it searching. right find one mm -hmm. yeah find one that's on mission find one that's really trying to live out the gospel and yeah um, you'll find yourself in a place that you can actually participate in that process mm -hmm. and if you can't find one maybe you're supposed to create one there you go <laughs> okay my final final question beyond that last one what is what would you it, it can be a title or a word or something what would you replace sin city with if you could give Vegas a name for yourself and what it's been for you. City full of memories. It would just be my city. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I agree with both of those. It's such a, such a special place. Mm -hmm. um, how can we pray for you guys? Um, wow. I didn't expect wow. that question. That's a great, <laughs> no, that's wow. not a question I get all the time. Usually it's the other way around. Pray for me. You know what I mean? Pray for your pastors. I'll endorse that. Pray for yeah. your worship leaders. Pray for your pastors. I'll let you go first. You know what? Leading is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Leading fair. is hard. And you know, I mean, when you put yourself out there and you, you know, you just try to do the best you can, you know, just praying a hedge of protection and that we would just always, I just always pray that we would just always serve with a pure heart. Okay. And, um, that hedge of protection around um, us as we lead, you know, and the leadership of the crossing for sure. I think I would echo that and my prayer request would just be, you know, how do we, how do we calm and quiet the noise that's out there that we're all contributing to in some ways? And, and a lot of it's good, but how do we calm that and actually stay uh, focused on keeping the main thing, the main thing? that cliche. Yep. And I think if I could ask, you know, people that are listening or just to pray like that, that and I'll, I'll ask this for church leaders in general, not just for myself. Like, can we just pray for these church leaders that have taken on this calling, assuming the best, not the worst in them yes. and say, they've taken on this calling. It's very difficult. They're carrying a lot of load 24 seven. They're stressed out. They've got all kinds of organizational things on top of just trying to people. shepherd people. Mm -hmm. So can we just pray that God can kind of calm that noise for them mm -hmm. and give them clarity as to specifically what God's called them to do in the place that he's given them. That's good. And I think if we can do that, we're going to have a lot more healthy leaders out there. Yes. I the love more that. frustrated people are with the church, the more they should be praying. Ugh. Yes. Right? Don't come with complaints if you don't have solutions. Or you're not going to try to be part of the solution at right. least. But. Thank you guys so much. This is fun. I know. Totally. It's great. <laughs> I love this space. I'm so thankful you guys agreed Thanks to do this. Us. I know yeah. it's going to bless somebody. And I'll see you guys around all the time. I'm not Starbucks. going anywhere. Starbucks. Starbucks. Target. Target. Yeah. Target over by that Starbucks. I'm there a lot. Mm -hmm. Trader <laughs> Joe's. You know, I'm always there. Yeah.
And hopefully, maybe I'll be leading a rude group. At some point. Ooh, I yeah. Think, I Come think, on, Kat. I think Target is your church. Target is my church. Target and Trader Joe's. The I have my ministry. people. She oh, is. Totally. When I go in there with her, we oh, go yeah. to the check stand. She's like, oh, I'm going over to Ann's check stand. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, let's go to the self-check. She's like, no, we can't self-check. They're my community. Yeah. yeah. We can't self-check. Uh, we got to go through Bill's line. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm going to go have coffee and sit. Target and TJ's. You are a mom through and through. Exactly. She is. Ma mother to the motherless. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. Thank you, guys. Um, as always, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on whatever service you use to listen to this podcast. You can follow the Instagram at Where You're Planted Podcast. You can support us monetarily on Patreon. The link is in the Instagram bio. And if you would like to sponsor an episode, you can reach out on Instagram. Thank you, and see you next time.